All right, man. So, uh, so how has quarantine been? It's, uh, the world's going crazy right now. But how have you been holding up? Uh, honestly, you know, uh, I, I can't, I can't really mention no names, but I had a low key training facility where I kind of worked out by myself, and uh, I kind of found like a new motivation to uh, get back into working out and uh, just training. You know, I fought for years now, but I really haven't like really, really prepped myself like I having like when I was an amateur, I wasn't as hungry. I felt like it was like just a job, you know. And when that happens, it kind of sucks. But uh, the court team was kind of good for good for me. I, I really uh, I got back into uh, working out every day, training. And now the goal is, you know, I'm heavyweight, but the goal is to slowly work my way back to 205. So. Yeah, I think that's a good time to do it. You know, there's a lot of time for cardio, a lot of time to run. Um, so I think that there wasn't a whole lot else to do. You couldn't spar or anything like that. I don't know where you were. <laughs> like you mentioned, you had this own facility. <laughs> so the secret facility may have something I don't know about. But uh, for the most part, a lot of us were just, uh, you know, doing runs and stuff like that. So I'd like to just kind of start talking about your, your matchup that, that kind of fell through. It was supposed to happen only a few weeks ago. So what's it like getting ready for a fight only to have it fall through? Uh, you know, honestly, I think I would have won, uh, just because like I've, tr and it's, it's weird. Cause this is like a, uh, this isn't like a big, uh, advertised fight, but for everyone here locally, it was going to be a big fight just because a lot of people know me and him. Uh, he's a loud mouth. He has no filter. I'm kind of the, the, the guy that, you know, uh, signed the babies, you know, like stuff like that. So, uh, it was one of those, uh, heel versus face types of fight and I truly I truly don't like the guy so uh it, I don't even want to mention his name honestly because he, he ain't even worth it but Jeremiah Harper uh you know he lives about 30 minutes up the road so as, as far as like this scene goes this was a this was a big fight for the the region everybody wanted to see me shut him up and uh it got postponed so now they're trying to find me an opponent for uh uh August 15th and then hopefully get that fight uh, squared away for October, but uh, they told me you know I could wait till October, but I ain't trying to wait. You know I got a I got a bunch of goals. I'm trying to fight. I'm I'm, I'm trying to, <laughs> to to beat someone up. So I told them, look, it's a fight I want, but don't keep me on the shelf like I'm trying to fight. Like I'm trying to fight. So uh, is there a name that's going around, or is it just man? Just give me a fight, whoever it is. I don't care. I just told him, like, find me a fight, man. <laughs> like, you know, they said that uh, a lot of people are, you know, they've asked a lot of people and uh, just, you know, with quarantine and stuff, they, a lot of people ain't been training and they're like, man, you know, he's five and two pro and his two losses are Boone Gordon and Keith Bell. Hell no. <laughs> so, like, so, I mean, that's good. That's a confidence booster for me, but uh, I'm just trying to fight. Uh, just trying to fight before. The October fight, and then there's another big name that we're talking about, but I'm gonna keep that a secret because when it gets released, it's gonna be big. It's as, gonna be a, big fight. as a fighter, what's what kind of goes into whether or not you take a fight or not? Like, obviously, the world's at a standstill, there's a pandemic, you don't know if you're gonna get COVID. You know, everyone's worried, a lot of fighters are worried about taking fights. As someone who's fighting and someone who's actually in the octagon, what sorts of pros and cons are you balancing before you make that decision? Has to make sense. Has to make sense. Uh, you know, like my last fight, for example, I was uh, five and one. Uh, 
Keith Bell. He's been around the block. He's fought everybody. So I said, that makes sense. You know, that, that makes a lot of sense. I need to, I need to fight this guy because if I win, then I got more people looking at me. I'm, I'm going to be a bigger star. And, uh, you know, now that I've lost now, it's like, okay, so I probably don't need to be going for the Keith Bells right now. I guess got knocked out first round or TKO, but I, I don't remember. Since he hit me, I just remember circling, and then I was sitting there with the ref, and the ref had my hand, and uh, I was like, well, shit, like I had to have lost because I don't remember nothing. Like, So uh, as far as that goes, like, you know, Keith Bell, I fought him. Things didn't work out. So now I take a, take a step back, get back in my lane, and, you know, find out what I need to work on. Um, and get back into the fire, you know, fight a couple fights on the, the region, uh, the local scene again, like the regional scene, I guess I should say. And then uh, jump right back into the fire, man. Like find, find a fight that, uh, on UFC Fight Pass or overseas or something, something, and then get back into the mix. So it's, a, it's funny because I interview a lot of fighters, and especially when they're coming off a loss, they're like, oh, you know, it was a bad shot or a lucky shot. How do you stay like – positive even though with the loss uh, obviously he was a veteran he's very very experienced but how do you stay positive and not find excuses in the loss it is what it is man that's the name of the game you know and Keith is awesome Keith is a super good dude and he messages me on the regular and, and just talks super high on me and uh, he even says he's like man that's a big win for me and I'm like man you've had 20 fights like what do you mean I'm a big win for you and he's like nah he's like you're the next big thing and that, like that stuff like that really motivates me you know and uh you know, against Boom Gordon, I was that guy. I did, you know, I, I wasn't, I ain't going to say that I said, oh, I was a lucky shot and stuff like that. But that fight, I can look at and say, I know why I lost. I was not ready for that fight. I, de- I didn't train. They called, LFA called me, called me up, yo, you want me to take this fight? It'll be on national TV. My eyes got this big and I took it. You know, I took the fight right. and I was like, okay, well, if I win, you know, this could open some doors. I didn't think, I could, and at the the time I was undefeated, amateur pro, I did. I thought that there no one could hold a torch to me, and I got in there. I tried to take him down. Uh, he he sprawled. I had to fight that, and then I just felt my lungs. I've never felt like that in a fight. Uh, a lot of times when I'm fighting, it's like I keep the pressure, 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 and it might not work the first couple times, but eventually, like when I get when I get on that ass, it's 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 game on, you know. So. Uh, so th- that one I was not, you know, happy about. So I yeah. guess that's what I'm trying to say is I get why fighters do sometimes. I, I've never heard the lucky shot thing. Yeah, I've never looked at that like, okay, that's that's a good reason why you lost. Like, no, dude, you got hit. You got dropped. Name of the game. But uh, my first loss definitely was just out of shape. I should have prepared better for it. And uh, that's why I lost. And with Key Bell, man, he just hit me with the rope of dope, man. I <laughs> Sent me in a dream street. That's a scary feeling, man. You know how it feels to be to be moving, feeling good, and then the next thing you know, you're like, man, I feel like I just teleported. Like this ain't good. Like this sucks. So, so yeah, that one, that was not that. I mean, I stay positive, but boy, like it was a weird feeling. Okay, but yeah, I mean, and he's a good person. He's a good so- person. So now you're you're five and two as a pro, but a lot of people don't even know you have a an undefeated uh, amateur record. You were very successful as an amateur. What took you so long to make the jump to pro? And do you think that you know a lot of fighters should do that, extend their amateur career before making that leap? You know, I always told myself uh, 
when you when you put business in the aspect of it, you know what I'm saying? When you start to make money and then when you go pro, you can't ever go back. So I told myself when I was 18 years old, I took my first spot. Then I went to college and wrestled. Uh, I had some family things come up. My grandma, she had cancer while I was through high school. I came back during Christmas and I could just tell. I was like, yo, like this, like this is not, this ain't good. This is not good. So uh, 2013, that Christmas, I ended up staying. In 2014, I ended up fighting again. I want to say it was around May, maybe April. April. It was April. I fought again, my second fight. And then from there, man, it was just a, you know, in two, people don't understand in two years, I took 11 fights. I mean, I know some people are crazy taking like 30 fights in a year, but uh, I took 11 fights in two years. Uh, I turned 21. I fought uh, Matt Foley out of Lexington, Kentucky. He was supposed to kill me. All these articles and stuff uh, was not pointed toward me winning. And I was just like, screw it. Like, that's what I want. I want to fight someone good. Let's go. I fought that fight. I beat him. There were some 10-8 rounds. And I was like, yo, if he's supposed to be good, like I'm ready for that next that next level. So uh, that's when I made the change. So I, I, really, I really didn't stay on the amateur scene long because I can't really count me being 18 fighting because I took one fight and went to college. But as far in two years, 19 to 21, I just I just fought, man. And then I made my pro debut when I was uh, 21, the August of 2016, I want to say. So been pro ever since. And I, I really, I'm kind of disappointed in that because now, you know, I, I was putting out so much output, 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 uh, staying in good shape and, you know, with injuries and just motivation. I've only fought seven times in four years. <laughs> That's not good. That's not good at all. And I really want to pick it back up. So I talked to this promotion locally, and we're talking about me fighting back to back to back and hopefully getting a call. And uh, I just want to stay active. I want to fight. You know, my fans deserve it. My family deserves it. And I have a little girl now that's a year and a half. She deserves it. So uh, it's all about making it happen. The, uh, the good thing about uh, being a heavyweight, uh, I guess, is – realistically five and two is an unbelievable record for a heavyweight you see guys in the ufc who are three and one or uh, as heavyweights justin taffa for example so you realistically could be two or three shots two or three fights away from from a shot at the contender series or the ufc is that the ultimate dream there to make the ufc or to make a bellator absolutely uh i actually got a call one time uh to fight for bellator up in connecticut and it was a huge opportunity it was against uh uh, Tyrell Fortune, and I was all about it because I know how good his wrestling was, and I said, you know, that doesn't matter to me. I just want to fight someone tough. This is on TV, like, time to time to get it. So they, I'm like, okay, give me a date. Tell me tell me what y'all need me to do. And uh, the date that they gave me was the same day of the uh, state tournament for uh, wrestling. And uh, I actually, I'm a head wrestling coach at Eastside High School, so when they said that, I was like, man, I can't, I can't go. Like, I can't fight. I wasn't even a thought. I didn't even have to think about it because I substitute teach. I coach football, coach wrestling. And if it wasn't for my coaches growing up, I don't know where I would be. So it, when they asked us, they can't do it. And I was like, what? And I was like, yeah, it's a state wrestling tournament, man. Like, my kids are going to state. Got to go. And they were like, you know, this is like a, a crazy opportunity. And I'm like, well, what's a better opportunity to – to have an impact on a kid's life, knowing he's going to be the future, or for me to fight Tower of Fortune. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> it's a good opportunity, but let, let's reschedule this shit later on, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. So, uh, 
people call me crazy all the time. Like, man, forget them kids. They don't understand. It's like it ain't about understanding. It's about, you know, doing the right thing. And I think I made the right choice, and I just stuck by it. As someone who's had, uh, you know, swimming coaches and whatnot, I think uh, I think a lot of people go would say that's a very respectable thing to to, to put students first uh, ahead of your career, and I think that uh, I think that says a lot about you, and I think you deserve deserve a big shot just for that alone. Um, so, what's the message for your kids? For example, I mean, I'm sure a lot of a lot of parents, for example, would say, "Don't put your kids in martial arts. It's vicious. It's dangerous. You know, they get cauliflower ear. They they get CTE." <laughs> Why? What's it? What's the message for your wrestlers? And what's the message for for for, for your kid if they, if they eventually want to take the MMA route? You know, there's a lot of people that are uh, well known, and you could even say kind of famous. Uh, trying to. Not wealthy, no, not wealthy, but famous, just really super duper known that people look at and they're like, man, he's an asshole. And I just don't want to be that guy. I want people to look at me and, and be able to judge me off my character and be like, man, he was a great fighter and an even better person. And that's really what I, uh, that's really what I aim to do, man. Uh, I just want them to know that, you know, one day I'm going to swing my last punch that I'm not going to be able to fight no more. And it's what have you done to help your community or what have you done to, to really uh, move life forward, especially in the, in the time we're living in now. It's like, uh, you know, what, what kind of message are you sending? You know, if it ain't a positive message, you're part of the problem. So that's really how I look at things. And I just, I just try to be the best person I can be. What I like most about your fighting style is it's kill or be killed, which is uh, which is very entertaining for fans. Uh, you've got five wins, all of them stoppages. You've got two losses, both of them stoppages. Why do you fight that way? Is it just who you are? Is it the way your coaches tell you to do it? Or is it what you're most successful at? Or is it just instinct? Man, I'm a good, I, I'd like to think I'm a good person, but when that cage door shut, there's like a switch that gets flipped. Uh, a lot of people just don't know my background. And, uh, I grew up in a really rough neighborhood in Virginia. It's in the country, but when I tell you the rough neighborhood, it's definitely poverty. And I've seen a lot of things as a kid, and you had to be tough. You know what I'm saying? Like, before I was 12-0 and 0 as an amateur and 5-2 and 2 as a pro, I was probably 20 and 400 on the, like, as a kid. Like, I got beat up a lot, and it just taught me, like, yo, you got to be tough. You got you to gotta definitely uh, – you know, sometimes you, you might beat that person up, and when y'all stand up, he's wanting to fight again. So it's like, I don't know. It's just a lot of just past stuff, man, just comes back to life when I'm in there. And I, I try to be the best person I can be, like I said. But when you sign that contract, instantly I start training. Instantly it's like, okay, you're on that hit list because you're trying to take food off my kid's table. That's how I've just always looked at it, and that's how I've always went about things. So, um just a wild man's mentality. <laughs> I think that's the mentality you have to have when you go inside the cage. If you go in with any other mentality, it's going to be a, a pretty short night for you, I think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I just live off of like, uh, you know, all my stuff is Team Co. Team Co, Team Co, Team Co. And I just, I just tell people it's like the Team Co way is different. Like it's just a, it's more than just a brand. It's like a mentality. You know, when you wake up, it's like, uh, your, your first thought should be, what can I do today to be different? What what can I do today to be different? And uh, I even got it tattooed on me. Like it's, it's, a, it's a grenade, and it has, like, an American flag through it, and it has Team Co. on it. And basically it's like, you know, 
especially like and not just in today's time but over time like the world is a grenade like <laughs> the, 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 the life we live is a grenade and it's like you know it doesn't matter put your stamp on it so that's kind of like how i like to live my life one thing i've been asking fighters who are at uh, smaller camps is you see a lot of fighters make a move to uh, to an AKA or an extreme couture, for example, especially uh, in the upper weight classes. I mean, I can see you like even going down to Jackson Wink and working with a guy like John Jones or AKA working with a guy like Kane or uh, DC. Has has that move ever crossed your mind or because of the the family you have and, and the, the roots you have with your wrestling team? Is, is that where you want to be or do, have you considered a move to a bigger a bigger team or at least a training camp there? Man, um, it's crazy because the the people that I started with since I was a kid, like they've always looked out for me. And then like there for a little bit, I was traveling to here and there, American Killer Bees. I went out to Timo Yama out in uh, California, trained with them, and I kind of forgot like who was always there for me. And uh, you know, we had a falling out there for a couple months, and I was just, you know, like when you're back home, who are you gonna train with? You know, and. And I started, I had a lot of time to think. I ain't, I hadn't trained from November all the way till, you know, MMA. I've worked out. I've started getting back in shape. But MMA up until two weeks ago, yeah, I just had to take a break. And now that new motivation, it's like, okay, go back to what you know. Go back to the people that love you. Go back to the people that want to see you do good. And no doubt about it. Like, if I went out to California and went to Team Oyama, like, I know Colin Oyama would have looked out for me. He's – He's awesome, and he knows his stuff. He's probably the most, uh, uh, like, as far as, like, up here, knowing his stuff, he's that guy. And uh, I knew that it took up uh, – he had uh, definitely guided me in the right direction and made so many good friends, but it just wasn't – it just isn't home, you know? And uh, those guys have been looking out for me since I was 18 years old, since I was a kid, like <laughs> the crazy kid. And, and uh, now I feel like I've matured. Uh, I work a full-time job. Like, before I wasn't even working, I would starve just so I could train full-time. Now I got a full-time job, got a kid, and it's like I still find time to train. So that's kind of where I, I decided, like, okay, let me get back to my team. Let me get back to my roots, and let's, let's from here, let's take over. Like, <laughs> no more no more wondering if I want to do it. Now is the time I got to do it. I'm 25 years old. Before it was, oh, I'm 21. I got all kinds of time. Oh, I'm 22. I got all kinds of time. Now I'm 25. I'm like, holy cow, I'm halfway to 30. Like, I have to get this started. I have to. So uh, now, it's either now or never. Someone's uh, upbringing that, that your story kind of reminds me a lot of with the with the street fights um, and everything. Uh, and, not, and, you know, like you said, tr- doing everything you can to train, even if it meant starving, is a guy named Jorge Masvidal. He's, uh, you know, I think every fighter all over the world respects him for everything he's done for the sport. He's finally getting his shot at a at a big, big title this weekend. What's your prediction for that fight? In two days, Jorge Mazadov is going to be the BMF champ and the welterweight champ. I love watching him. That's one dude I really like. I know it's as easy as going to ATT, but I don't want to just go to ATT and see him. I, I would legitly like to sit down and talk to him about just everything, you know, because uh, his his upbringing, I actually met Kimbo back in 2014, and, like, he was a little off the wall, a little crazy, but he was, I mean, it was enjoyable to talk to, and I think that Jorge would be kind of the same, 
except the only difference is is Jorge's roots are street fight or street fighting, but he's about to fight for a world championship. Kimbo kind of was just a street fighter, you know. And even though like I respect him, I think he's awesome. It's like he's not Jorge, and Jorge is the man, like the man. So I can't wait to uh, I can't wait to see him fight this weekend and bring home a championship. Another another fight. I know it's a little bit uh, a little ways away, but it's it's in your division. Uh, Daniel Cormier, Stipe Miocic, three. Uh, I usually hate rematches, but for some reason, I don't care if both these men retire afterwards. I want to see it. What's your prediction for that one? Uh, DC. DC. I think DC, in the first fight, he kind of just walked forward, caught him, dropped him. In the second fight, I thought he was winning when he was wrestling because, you know, Stipe was just kind of trying to be an athlete. But if, if Daniel Cormier is doing what I think he's doing, and it's truly, he said, I hope you put your wrestling shoes on. Two things are happening. One, he's either trying to get him to, to focus mainly on wrestling. So when he gets in there, wrestle, wrestle, pow, 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 wrestle, wrestle, pow, pow, pow. Or he really is going to go in there and wrestle. <laughs> and, and if he does, like, that's not going to be a good day because it's been a while since we've seen a, a strictly just straight wrestling Daniel Cormier. You know, back when he fought uh, Bigfoot Silva, like, that, those were the days he was strictly wrestling. Uh, when he was fighting for strike force. So I'm excited to see that. And as far as both of them retiring, I would love to see it. I would love for both of them to fight, go out on their shit, which is not going to happen. If Stipe loses, he is fighting again. But uh, I think Daniel Cormier is done after this. Uh, if they both went out, you know, with an awesome fight, uh, I'd li- kind of like it because I think there's a lot of heavyweights that potentially can be champions. They just can't get past those two, you know. And by the time that they get to that level – you know, you know they're gonna be go- out anyways. So just a lot of a lot of formulas and stuff to play with. Uh, but I do 100% think that the next champion will be uh, Francis Ngannou or <laughs> Daniel Cormier. I hope Daniel Cormier wins. I'm talking about after this generation, when when Francis Ngannou steps up, he is dangerous. He is the scariest human being I have ever seen in my life. His uppercut. It's crazy of- to think. It's crazy to think that he has. Probably the meanest hands as far as like when they touch you, you die. <laughs> but he but he has the most boringest fight on record. Yeah, with uh, Derek Lewis. Mm. I was watching that and I was like, oh my God, someone stop. And then right after that, Stipe or DC knocked out Stipe. It was on the same card. And then Brock Lesnar, this heavyweight division fucking sucks. <laughs> Miocic sucks. And God, who sucks? I was like, holy cow. Uh, I wish he'd have came back, but I don't think he could pass a drug test. I think he's definitely on steroids. 100%. 100%. 100%. You don't look like uh, the Smoky Mountains and 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 B40 plus. So, no, nah, but I, I, he missed a lot of good years. A lot of yeah. good years. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame what happened with his back because I really do think he could still be kicking it too. I, I think he's got, you know, I don't know if he how he'd do against a guy like Francis Ngannou, but I mean, DC's wrestling would be nullified against, you know, a guy twice his size when they were in the octagon and he and Brock Lesnar shoved him. He looked like a he looked like a flyweight, right? And I don't even know how he would do against Stipe. I think Stipe would be able to to keep him off and has ah he might. Not, I thought the same thing about Mark Hunt, <laughs> and and he wrestled him. I mean, so 
I don't know. There's a lot of variables there with heavyweight, but I'll tell you, if Jorge wins, there's going to be a cluster at that 170 division. <laughs> if Usman wins, then Jorge kind of take steps down, you know, may fight Nate Diaz too. And then you have Burns come back, who is awesome. And then that fight happens. But you never know. You, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. You know, this, that's the beauty of the fight game. Yeah, it's it's the beauty of it. It's also uh, this could ruin if if Jorge wins. Um, I think it's going to be a real issue, like you said, because <laughs> he's not going to fight. He's going to fight who he wants, and then, like, he's going to be like Connor, give me Connor and Nate. And it's like, what do you do? Like, do you strip him? You, do you, you, you. I mean, I think you have to make that fight. I think. I think realistically, you know, what I don't care what anyone says, it's a business. This is just like WWE as far except you really don't know the outcome. You yeah. really, you know, but as far as like what make what's the fans want? You know, you have to be entertaining. That's part of your job. Everybody's like, that's dumb, like blah blah blah. Well, if you're that good, eventually you're gonna get if you're knocking everybody out and beating everybody, eventually your time's gonna come. And I tell you a fighter that is so low key right now. But I just seen today that he signed a contract who potentially will be a future world champion. No, he's a little older. But do you remember uh, when I went out to Vegas, I went out to the Ultimate Fighter tryouts. And, you know, I was pumped. I 100% thought I was going to go on there and and do my thing. But I looked at this guy who grappled uh, a guy named Daniel James. I don't know if you know Daniel. but uh, I know, I know who you're talking about, though. Juan, right? Yes. My boy, he's Spanish. Gra- fellow Spaniard. Right, he grappled uh, Daniel James at the tryouts, and just to see how he was moving, I was like, "Oh my god, that's another guy that should have been on the show." Daniel James, he's tough, but uh, I watched the way that they were wrestling or just doing that thing, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is crazy!" And uh, then I watched him hit the pads, and I was like, "Oh my god, this dude is hitting so hard." We'll see. At the time, you couldn't be over thirty-four, I think, but he was thirty-seven, and. Uh, I was in the stairway, and I was like, man, I wish this would hurry. And uh, he looks at me and goes, listen, embrace it. Embrace it, because you never get to live through moments like this again. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay. So I get up. I start bouncing around. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm getting warmed up for an interview. <laughs> That's all I was doing. So, uh, and I told my once, – once I didn't get picked, because I made it through the first round of interviews, and then they cut it, and there was like 20 people left, and they just didn't pick me. And I was like, man, that sucks. Like, but he was the guy after everybody got picked. I said, he is the next Ultimate Fighting Champion winner. Like, he he is the next big thing. I think he's like 37, but he has like, I, he is from Spain. I know. I talked to him, yeah. but he said that he uh, he what he used to do. He used to do another sport, and it was way bigger. What do you know? What the sport they do over in Spain? That's like they they. They, they, <laughs> it's something. It's something crazy, but it's it's nuts. It's nuts. Uh, he he's the next big thing. If he signed a contract, I'd put my money again because he knocked out Maurice Green yeah. is what he's eighth, maybe not. He's he, he just dropped out of the rankings because he lost to uh, to Alexi uh, but he just picked up a huge win over Jean Volante. He, Maurice Greens looked super successful, and Juan dominated him. Smashed him. Smashed yep. him. Smashed him. I remember he was talking all that crap on the show. And that's really Maurice Greens' personality, dude. I think he's a little bipolar because 
uh, I have on Facebook and stuff. And like one minute he's like talking crazy. Next minute he's like, I love my kids. I love my wife. I would just move. Uh, I'm like, dude, you're trip, man. Like you're wild. But I like him. He was cool at the tryouts. He was crocheting everybody like beanies. He crocheted me one like an asshole, but <laughs> but no, nah, he was cool. He was really cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, Juan, he marked him. And he also marked my good friend, Justin Frazier. And Justin is a monster, a monster. He was by far the second best guy there. Like Justin's a stud. I don't know why he ain't got a call to go fight some guys. Cause I he's, think on, I watched- he's on the contender series now, I think. Is he? I missed that, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I watched uh, him at the tryouts and he's a stud. Like he should be in the UFC 100%. Like the longer they wait, the longer he's not making that type of money to feed his family, which kind of makes me mad. <laughs> as for, as for you, I'll loop it back around to you. How many fights do you think you are away from maybe a call to the UFC? What do you have to do to get that call to either Contender Series, the Ultimate Fighter, or the UFC? I think I fought some local fights and uh, fought the tough cats around here. Uh, I mean, who says I, I don't like to say a win on, you know, win or lose, you know, hopefully if God's will, you know, I'll, I'll win some fights and then pick up another big fight against the, which. This name I'm not saying, he is a big – I mean, if I beat him, people are going to be like, what the world? So that's my goal is just fight a couple more fights that, you know, take a step back from Keith Bell, fight those fights, and then take another jump leap forward. I think my mindset now is uh, it's, it's going to be good. I think that I'm in the right mindset to where uh, the hammer's back. Uh, you know, I'm tired of being in the nail, which I know five and two, I've lost to two studs, but to me that's, that's a big deal, man. Losing's everything. I don't – I stay positive, and I'm not going to make excuses, but at the end of the day, like, where I'm from, people don't make it. So I got to make it. I got to make it for every kid that looks up to me and says, hey, you know, Chandler, you're doing such a good job. You know, we love you. We're a big fan. It's like, okay, well, now it's time to take those words and put it all in motion because I, I can't let my community down. That's my that's one of my biggest fears. I know I shouldn't even think like that, but, you know, I, I got too many people riding for me. It sounds like you've got a, a lot of support, man. Uh, you seem like a really nice guy. I know we just met today, man, but I'm rooting for you. Uh, hopefully you get two, three wins, and, and, and you're knocking right there at the UFC. Um, I wish you all the best, man. Stay safe. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Um, all the best, man. Hey, time to go train now. <laughs> <laughs> got you motivated. Yeah, see you, brother. All right, man, all the best.